Hello and welcome to the sixth episode of Bravely Distance, a podcast experiment in which I, Mike Solosi, contact some of my friends and ask them how they're doing and what they've been doing during this time of social distancing. And I'm joined today by uh, my old friend from RPG Fan, Rob Fenner. How are you doing, Rob? Hey, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. It has been it has been a hot minute since we've been able to um, sit down and have a podcast together. So I'm thrilled that you invited me on. Yeah, that's right. I I don't know. It would be a lot of scrolling through a browser to find out the exact last time we spoke on a podcast. But I, I think I, the last one we did was like the Triace thing for Retro Encounter, like okay. Triace and Wolf Team. Right. I want to say. Yeah, we did a couple in a row. I think that would have been January or February of 2019. So it has been yeah. at, it has been at least a year. I'm going to rephrase my original question. Uh, how are you doing under the circumstances? Oh, you know, <laughs> how's anybody doing? Right. I mean, like, um, I'm like, I'm an indoor boy by nature. So like, I kind of felt like, oh, well, you know, I'll settle right into this. It'll be fine. But um, like, I, I feel like um, I'm, I'm lucky enough that I'm in a position where I'm able to work from home at the moment. It's really made me realize how much I value my team that I work with and my and even some of my coworkers who I don't necessarily work with on the same project. You know, despite being pretty introverted, I feel like I'm lucky enough to work in a good environment with people that I get along with. So I actually miss going into the office. I don't know. It's it's a little bit like it's a it's a little bit like that Twilight Zone episode, Time Enough at Last, which which I don't particularly like. Is it is, like, is that the one with the man who wears glasses? That's the one. Okay, yes. But, like, um, in, instead of, like, breaking glasses, it's, like, my own, like, weird brain impeding me from doing the things I want to do when I have all this time at home. Um, so, like, I, I guess the coda is it's okay to deal with this, and it's okay to feel like you almost can't deal with this because, like, everybody is having these moments, you know? Yeah, and for me, it's been... Uh, really less of a disruption than normal because I'm still going into work every day. Uh, you are? Oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah, the, the, I, I work for a government office, and part of the government I work for, uh, which is in the public works department, has not shut down. And um, th there's a shortage of laptops and work phones to be distributed among people that want to telework. And, and while I could do, I don't know, 80 to 90% of my job from home if I had a, 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 a an equipped laptop and phone – that that hasn't happened yet, so I, I'm optimistic. I think I should be able to uh, start teleworking in uh, around mid-April, and we're, we're recording this in early April, but listeners, because mm -hmm. this is this is going to be a bit on a, a bit on a delay. But uh, it it just makes me more anxious every day going into work, and uh, the, the the people yeah the people at my job are being respectful and being mostly smart about this, but like also openly laughing about like the why have uh, with. Um, comments like why haven't we shut down what why is like why are the laptops going here and not there it's uh it's mm -hmm. it's frustrating and confusing and all of the laughing and and sort of uh black joking that we're making about this makes me understand why there are nursery rhymes about plague <laughs> that's a, that's a very astute way of putting it yeah but like you know I, I guess you know you have to um see the dark humor in it um <laughs> that's that's a coping mechanism as well um i i am on i've just finished week three um i um at the beginning of a uh, beginning of march rather i um i took a long weekend just to get some um get some freelance projects done mm -hmm. um and um i was told that like like my my girlfriend she also we both work for universities we work for different universities and my oh, okay. girlfriend was told to um 
like start working from home at the beginning of this week. Um, and like, I didn't get the call from my own work, but like, oh, I smelled something on the wind. So like I went in on the weekend and I picked up my, my personal laptop and, and brought it home. And um, I have not been allowed back uh, in the building since. Like, yeah. I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm glad that my employer has the sense to shut down, but like, God, you know, I think about everybody like uh, like yourself who have to go in every day. I know that we have got some mutual friends who who have are not really having a great time, and you know, I've got plenty of friends who work for the um, for the NHS here in England. Oh yeah, who are just geez. like on the front lines all the time. Um, like I even got in touch with some of my old coworkers from um, you know back when I started RPG Fan. I was working for this charity that that did house calls for the elderly, and and I got in touch with some of my friends who were uh still working there and like they were they were out today um you know doing um essential work for elderly and disabled people to you know ensure that they can get around at home so everybody's um everybody who's out there i mean god bless them you know yeah i don't go out into the field doing manhole and pipeline inspections anymore but i uh mm-hmm. i basically i'm a i'm a manhole analyst and not a manhole inspector but uh, but um, public works is considered uh, uh, an essential department. So yeah. Um. Uh, so all of us that can continue to work are, and uh, I, I'm not having to go out into the field or interact with the public much. But it just it just makes everyone more anxious. And uh, I yeah. think I think that my telework schedule will be set pretty soon. So that's a relief. But I don't think uh, listeners want to hear me talk about uh, about sewer systems. So uh, let's oh, get. You it. never know. We'll see. It's the sewer cast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what the reaction is to, the, to this uh, very uncertain podcast experiment. And I deliberately use the uh, word experiment talking about this. I want to give myself a a personal project. Uh, to do while social distancing that deliberately is social interaction. <laughs> the, the part of the point is talk about what we're doing for fun while social distancing. So, Rob, what's one thing that uh, you'd like to talk about that's, uh, that you've been doing at home for fun? Oh, gosh. Um, I feel like I have so many things on my plate, and um, when I have too many things on my plate, I get a little bit spun out, and I'm not really sure where to start. <gasps> Um, I think I've probably got about 100 hours a game ahead of me. Uh, I've got no no um, problem with running out of uh, media to consume over the next <laughs> however long <laughs> we're at home. Yeah, also, um, also not a problem I'm suffering from. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been trying to get back into fitness because I kind of fell off um, of uh, doing my doing my regular exercise routines. Um, but now that, now that I'm working from home and I'm cutting like a good 90 minutes to two hours off my day from not having to commute, I can either like, I can wake up a little bit later and, um, get a little bit of exercise done before I start work, or I could do that at lunch. Um, or I could even do that after work without having to, you know, um, get home, like spend, spend an hour getting home and then just be starving and have to cook. Um, so, um, I've had a stationary bike for the past few years, um, and I, I usually tend to um, like queue up some um, some bad anime on the Crunchyroll or uh, play like a low impact game, like an RPG or a visual novel while I'm oh, cycling. Oh yes, I, I I have I also have a stationary bike in in my basement, and uh, Japanese tokusatsu shows are my favorite content to consume. Well, yes. well, well on the <laughs> yeah, well on the stationary bike, but I, I also played a uh, not insignificant amount of. Um, 
you said low impact. I, I, it, I need to play something turn based if I'm on, if I'm on the bike and, yeah, play, and playing a game because if it's, if I'm pl- trying to play something intense, then I don't know, like the exhaustion of exercise with focusing on you know finger dexterity to play the game properly is not a great idea. But uh, but but a turn based RPG is perfect for uh, for for exercising on a stationary bike. I've definitely done that a lot. I have to stop if I'm doing any de- any dexterous movements at all. Mm-hmm. Like I just have to like um, be stationary, and then that you know kind of defeats the purpose of trying to trying to work out and get my entertainment in at the same time. Yeah. Like, funnily enough, like Trails of Cold Steel has become like my de facto exercise. Bike oh yeah, that, that, series. Yeah, that, like that, since... that's that's a perfect choice for it. Since the first game came out in 2015, it's just like I've been putting in like maybe uh, maybe an hour a day um, uh, cycling and um, getting through um, a lot of the um, slow life portions of those games. And like I recently just like just about like two or three days ago, um, I picked up um, Cold Steel 3 again. Um, And then lo and behold, Cold Steel 4 got uh, like I, I picked it up and I did the like half of the first chapter in when it came out and then i just put it down because a million oh. games came out okay i i thought you maybe purchased it a second time my bad oh uh, no yeah. <laughs> i just uh, i neglected it for about six months um and then you know lo and behold um a couple of days ago they just announced that cold steel 4 is definitely coming this year so i'm mm-hmm. like oh i've got a i've got a race to get through it i'm a race on the bike at the same time <laughs> uh <laughs> several of our mutual friends are excited about cold steel 4 because i i've only played cold steel 1 Oh. But uh, I listened to the episode that you guys did. Oh, thank uh, you. A while back, yeah. <laughs> but the uh, and you're referring to Retro Encounter, the uh, the uh, the podcast I pro- I produce that takes up uh, a significant amount of my free time. And I, oh. I I did enjoy Cold Steel One, and I oh. have a copy of Cold Steel Two ready to go. And it's really just uh, playing a couple other game projects plus the upcoming uh, Final Fantasy VII remake. And maybe a few other things before I end up making that one of my exercise games, uh, just as you have. But I, um, I have, I haven't played Cold Steel Three yet beyond the short demo. And from what I understand, it's supposed to be one of the better ones. Like people really, really were uh, high on it when they were playing it, sort of in the second half of 2019. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm pretty into what I've seen so far. Like I'm pretty invested in this world, though. Uh, at this right. point, I mean, you know, like from about. Cold uh, Trails in the Sky two onwards. These games started being about a hundred hours each, so it's like, yeah. Tr- I know. think I think Trails one is a relatively That's the shortest one. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a relatively medium, like thirty to forty hours, depending on how intensely you talk to every NPC. But then they've gotten longer and longer. I think I think uh, uh, Sky two for me was in the sixty to seventy hour range, and Cold yeah. St- and Cold Steel one was. Uh, about as long, I think. It, I think it was fewer chapters, but longer chapters. And if anything, they're getting longer each time. So I'm, I'm oh, worried. Like, yeah. I got that hundred-hour trophy on Cold Steel One just by accident. Oh so. boy. <laughs> yeah, I think it took me right around sixty-five, seventy hours for that for that one. Um, but yeah, I tend to I tend to drag my feet in these games. That's, I, I, you know, I just like to talk to everybody, and and, and I'm so anxious about missing anything because these games are oh, so yeah. bad. Oh about yeah, no, they're they're horrible about sign limited. Yeah. yeah, they're horrible about signposting. It's really easy to miss like a chapter of a seven of a thirteen chapter uh, uh, book or something that gives you a reward if you find all thirteen. It's yeah, if, if you you probably remember specifically some of the side quests I'm alluding to here, but the, but but the, the world. You said you're invested in it. I mean, the, the time investment contributes to it, I think. But in general, the 
the world setup and the characters and the writing are so strong in these games that it's it's uh, if you if you like this kind of RPG, it's easy to be invested in that world. Yeah, and I mean, I, you know, there's so much of it, so you can just like pick it up and 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 do a bit and. Like it's, uh, it doesn't have overly complicated mechanics or or systems or anything. So it's no. like you can pick it up and put it down, and and um, yeah, it's kind of always there. <laughs> I feel like for as many hours as you want to spend in the world, that's you know that's fine. And um, like I, I, as I'm getting older, I kind of I, I kind of tend to prefer things that are a little bit shorter and sweeter because my yeah. time is at a premium. But now that you know, I, I think now is the perfect time for me to like properly dig into dig into the third chapter. Uh, now that I'm at home and I have this time and like I can fit in like a quick. 45 minute gaming session over my lunch break since I don't have to since since I'm just at home and in front of everything you mm-hmm. know yeah so that's 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 been enjoyable I'll say and, yeah and having a uh, an RPG you can play it at your own pace and also save almost anywhere uh, mm. I, I think if basically if you're if you're not in the dungeon you can save anywhere in that game you um, save in dungeons too oh you yeah, can it's, oh, it's oh proper, proper save everywhere right it's proper save everywhere there's there's healing points in dungeons that i think i'm I'm conflating with the the save points of um rpgs from 20 plus years ago yeah but, i think the healing point is like a reminder to like hey yeah. don't forget you actually can save yeah it's like, like <laughs> which oh, <yeah>. is like <laughs> that that's bitten me a few times in games that allow you to save everywhere but like mm-hmm. don't really signpost you're about to see a boss yeah it's, it's, either, it's no. either hey the enemies are changing here or there is a boss behind the next door is usually what that <laughs> what that's communicating and it, yeah. which is which is helpful in save anywhere games like this yeah i i really enjoyed cold steel one i still think I, my favorite tra- uh trails game i've played is uh sky 2 but mm. i i'm i, I liked yeah I, I liked cold steel one enough that i am uh i am perfectly eager to move on to cold steel 2 when the time arises but that time probably isn't soon because mm. i uh I, i'm gonna want to play the final fantasy 7 remake when it comes out um, if, if oh I'm, yeah, I, yeah. I uh, since it was payday for me this week, I pre-ordered it. Oh, perfect. Um, today, so I'm very excited. That demo is amazing. Hilariously, the tenth went the day it comes out is my payday. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be per, I'm gonna be hey right I'm, on. Yeah, I'm gonna be perfectly fine to uh, to cover that uh, when it when it launches. But uh, so there's that. Um, I'm playing Mother Three for the podcast right now. Although I've barely are started. you really? Yeah. Oh my Mother, goodness. Yeah, Mother Three is our podcast game coming out in May. So I'm I just started that. Oh, I'm uh, so jealous that I'm not there for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's an amazing game. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I, I think I, I, people that listen to the other podcasts will hear this story. I haven't finished Mother Three because I was playing it. Um, in college in the mid two thousands, I I don't hmm. know I don't know exactly when, but if I had to throw a year onto it, it, was, it would probably be two thousand seven or two thousand eight. And I was yeah, in, I played it in college in two thousand eight as well. Yeah, so it was a, a, around then, and um, I was having a great time, but also the college network was a disaster, and I was uh, and I was downloading not questionable things, but downloading normal things from questionable places on that college laptop, um, yeah. and it. Uh, it, it got completely trashed. It, uh, it, 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 I got a virus that was so obnoxious it changed my uh, desktop to "You have a virus." This actually happened to me as well around that time. <laughs> Two thousand eight. It was a hard time to be a, a ROM enthusiast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, I played through. I, I think more than half the game. Uh, there's a part part of the game where you're trying to locate seven pins, and I believe I was yeah. I was in the dungeon or the boss guarding the sixth pin. So okay. I, I I got a ways into the game, 
um, when I, my laptop got completely trashed and I lost a lot of stuff, including a lot of uh, of um, of university writing I had done and that I that I wish I had met, I could salvage. And uh, I tragic, yeah. and, uh, I and, lost uh, a lot of my a lot of the music that I made in that period. I oh lost as well. damn! Oh, yeah. oh, that's awful. I'm sorry to hear that. But basically, I aban- I abandoned it. Um, not because of a uh, not not because of a lack of interest. I was re- I was enjoying it as I was playing it, but just you know o- other stuff was happening, and I had a, a really busy last uh, couple of years of university. So I have not beaten Mother Three. I have played a lot of it, and I am very intrigued to revisit it. So that is um, that is one game that's going to keep me from getting to Cold Steel Two. It's but- your time to shine. I mean, I I would almost. In every occasion, I would recommend playing Mother Three over Cold Steel Two. <laughs> Quite a bit shorter as well. That's a real work of art. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Mother Three is is uh, special, and I'm happy to um, get back to it, especially since there's two mooks in it named, uh, or at least translated as Skinhead and Neckbeard. Um, yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Right. But Cold Steel Two is, I, I think, maybe a little bit less regarded than uh, less well regarded than One and Three, like. Like some people were upset at how Cold Steel Two ended and got excited again, and Cold Steel Three was my uh, was my perception. Yeah, I had beef with how Cold Steel Two ended, right? But um, it's got its issues. Um, I liked it quite a bit. I thought it was like a good con- um, continuation of that story. Um, I just think there's a few like there's a few boneheaded plot points here and there, but so, but, um, but the, seems, at least the journey like being expanded out. At least the journey was better than the destination. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I I think you can say that about a lot of RPGs. They, yes. they all kind of, especially Japanese RPGs, they kind of tend to fall fall down around the end. And I mean, that's perfectly fine because that's not entirely the the point of the medium. I, I don't know. Maybe it's, I'm being too well. No, no, it, it's hard. It's hard to write a beautiful ending. And uh, yeah. I, I think a lot of what's fun about JRPGs is spending a lot of time with characters and a world and learning more about the world and watching characters grow as you play both from a, a writing standpoint and a numbers increasing in size standpoint. Oh, um, yeah. And and uh, and the Cold Steel games, like, I, I think they have really appealing characters and are very well written. So uh, it, it's not a shock that the ending would be a letdown compared to the fun of going through the game for most of its run. But I, at least I've, I've heard very encouraging things about Cold Steel 3 and 4. And and also there's recent fan translations um, uh, lighting up the fan base for the Crossbell games. Yeah, um, yeah. I, like I've been holding off on those at the moment because they've just announced that PlayStation 4 2 pack in Japan yes, of, yes. of the Crossbell games. And I'm hoping, I'm just hoping, maybe, maybe we'll get a localization announcement of those. I have the same. So, I have um, the same hope. And um, I, yeah. I I also haven't played uh, Trails in the Sky 3 yet, so I would probably uh, pursue that and the other Cold Steel games first. But um, I would. I would love for the for cross the crossbell pair of games to get localized, um, yeah. but but I I it does I think it is worth mentioning that a, a lot of people are playing crossbell right now because they're as accessible as they ever have been to Western audiences. Well, um, that that um that uh, that Trails to Zero pass just came yes. out maybe like two weeks ago at the time of us recording this. Yes, so that, I mean that's mm-hmm. that's a pretty hot. That was I know that was anticipated for so long, um so that's a pretty hot button, hot button fan translation. Uh, they're giving you all the um, all the tools that you need and all the translation info to like actually purchase the, uh, purchase the game legitimately in in digital DRM free uh, form. So um, that that's nice hmm. to see. That is nice. And uh, shoot, I don't remember the name of it. What was the name of the post Cold Steel Four game that was announced at the same time as as like eight other games? 
the, uh, Hajime no Kiseki, is yes. that right? The, yeah. the, the tra- Trails to the Beginning, or Trails of yes. the Beginning? Yes, it was, is this Hajime or Hajimari? I forget. It, it might be Hajimari. I, I don't, I don't remember, but yeah, it's yeah. usually, yeah, it was translated as Beginning or Origin. And that feels like a Trails in the Sky 3 to me, a little bit of a throw a lot of characters together, transition from one place to the next place kind of game. Yeah, I mean, I like, I think that, that, Kondo at Falcom is saying that, like, okay, we're at, like, the 65% mark of this story now. So um, I guess this is going to be, like, oh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I haven't seen Avengers Endgame, so I, I don't feel <laughs> in to- totally comfortable making that comparison. But it seems like, uh, okay, like, um, if I'm going to make the comparison of something that I do know, it'd be, like, I don't know, the, the last season of Full Metal Alchemist where everybody comes back and makes their mark. <laughs> sure that that makes sense well yeah. um my understanding is that uh, cold steel 4 is really the last chapter of the uh Erebonia storyline and yeah. and uh and haji and hajime is going to be still in Erebonia, but bringing back almost every character that's survived this far um for a mm. story that will be like not the next chapter but like an intermission so uh I'm very yeah, curious. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm curious too. It's a that game is not coming out in Japan until later this year, mm. and uh, my presumption is that the next game would be in Calvard, uh, but I I don't that know would be anything. So cool, wouldn't it? Because we yeah. haven't seen any of Calvard. <laughs> we've only we've only seen a couple Calvardian people in other Trails games, uh, in, in including Zin from Trails in the Sky. Uh, Listen to it just us just nerding out about proper nouns of like a series that's only going to be relevant to, to yeah. so many people oh, yeah oh, oh no don't worry like like there, there has been so much granular final fantasy 14 and animal crossing uh new horizons discussion on this podcast that i, I we are shotgunning for nice. an audience no issue with that at all yeah i i would i would be hype for uh new games in calvard but before i get too hype i probably should play some other games in this series first but i have a uh, uh, cold steel 2 on deck and cool and uh, probably more cold steel and more I'm, sky and, and possibly some crossbell in my future as well i'm very keen to see calvard like i'm i think there's like a vatican equivalent as well that we yeah there there seen. is there is a uh yes there is some kind of fundamentalist uh, uh theocracy also and, I, and there are characters from that theocracy that you see in cold steel and crossbell but yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I think one of them turns, if, if I'm not mistaken, like one of, one of like their nuns is like a church secret agent in in Trails in the Sky the Third. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the it's the um it's Kyle's companion, right? I'm sorry, no, yeah. no, yeah, Kevin Kevin's companion. Kevin's companion, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like a, like a nun assassin, like she's from Helsing or something. Yeah, he's yeah, he's an fun. he's an agent of the Septian Church. And yeah. so is she, but she's from like the church main body, while Kevin is more local to yeah. liberal. He's he's like he's like the playboy who um, is a man of the cloth, but knows how to have fun, and she's oh, yeah. really like a real, a real, a real, a real, like the, a real Ron Far kind of character. Yeah, well, she's like the Scully to his Mulder. <laughs> <laughs> she's very oh, by the book. <laughs> I, I should get a hold of the tri- of third. Um, I don't own, I even own a copy of that. It's on my Steam wish list, so uh, I'm gonna. I whenever it's on whenever it's on sale, I think hard about it and have but haven't pulled the trigger yet. But it's a matter mm. of time. I, I I adored Trails in the Sky too. So uh, so Trails in the Sky third is a natural progression. I just haven't gotten there yet because again, I am not even close to running out of games to play. Oh yeah yeah I um I sympathize. <laughs> mm-hmm. And as it's in addition to Mother three. Uh, I'm anticipating FF7 remake. 
Yeah. Oh, <laughs> can I talk about something that isn't a video game for a moment? Please do. Yeah. Um, I devour Japanese manga. Like, okay. Just read, what are you I, reading in the moment? I have a zillion things bookmarked on on one of the aggregate sites that I that I use to read, and there's a couple trends that because I'm, I read things through scan leaders, these trends might be uh, years old. And so I'm like, like I'm watching a, a supernova that happened 10,000 years ago or something. Um, mm. But there, there's an extremely weird trend mo- in, in Japanese and Korean uh, manga and manhwa about isekai stories where you, where you travel to happening a lot, where you, where you travel <laughs> to another world, but more specifically isekai stories where people travel to another world and they have like MMORPG powers. It's, yeah, yeah, that has been happening a lot. Lately. There's a lot of them. I, I'll I'll give almost anything that uh, that that gets you know rises to the top of a, of some list a one mm-hmm. or two chapter try, uh, but a cup but a couple of these um, other world now I have RPG powers stories are are more interesting than others and there's three in general that I've uh, uh, one I bin- one of them I binged uh, probably over a year ago, and two that I re- read more recently, and okay. they- they're all they're all Korean, and they're all Ooh, interesting. Okay, yeah, yeah, they're, cool. They're all I haven't read any manhwa in ages. I-, I I have read several manhwa in the past, but I'm, I've re- weirdly I am reading three manhwa with similar themes all at the same time, which I which I think is or at least is a, enough of a coincidence for me to want to talk about them. Um, mm. one of them is called solo leveling. <laughs> one of them is called uh, ranker who lives a second time, and another okay. one is called overgeared. And they are okay. basically exactly as they say. They, these uh, this is like I told you to make my powers lesser in my next life, <laughs> which is one that I've seen on Crunchyroll. Yeah, oh boy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they all sort of handle this other world concept in a different way. Uh, like uh, in in solo leveling, basically mon- uh, gates leading to dungeons and full of monsters have opened up all over the world, and certain people awaken to RP to to superpowers and tr- defend the world from these monsters coming out of gates. And uh, mm-hmm. this one person who has these powers, but a very weak version of them, uh, conquers a don- a dungeon with luck and some cunning, and uh, mm-hmm. and and emerges with uh, powers that grow exponentially. And now, okay. and and he's and through quote unquote solo leveling, he uh, is sort of taking on this world crisis of monsters uh, with the with the power comparable to like the monarchs of these monsters. So it's it's uh, it's satisfying watching a sort of a a meek struggling twenty uh, something become a god amongst men. <laughs> mm. And and also it's just beautifully drawn, like the, the art of these webtoons. Uh, I, th- I think they must be um, on paid subscription services somewhere because they're the art is really stunning okay it's, it, yeah. it, and solo leveling has the best art of the three that i'm going to mention and then you have a, a second life ranker which is not um portals opening and monsters spewing out but more like a there's a a, a tower that promises riches and wishes to anyone that gets to the top and like so, Final Fantasy Legend One, a little bit. So and so, uh, people willingly leave their life uh, behind in the real world to enter this tower and try to get to the top. So it's basically a community um, that that's been factioned and uh, and and has its own weird politics of people with again powers kind of like a video game, <laughs> uh, trying yeah. to get to the top of this tower. But uh, a person. 
tries to get to the top of the of the tower following the footsteps of his twin brother. His uh his brother entered the tower to try to cure um the cancer of their sick mother. But uh his noble but, goal. Yeah, but but the mom passes away and the brother passes away but leaves uh but leaves a message for our main character and using the advice of this brother that got farther than anyone else in the tower, he sort of follows in his brother's footsteps with some advanced knowledge and some tips and tricks to become very overpowered very quickly uh, while navigating um, the politics of all of these, these different groups of raiders and trying to murder the group that, uh, that betrayed, that betrayed his brother uh, when he was almost at the top of the tower. So it has like dark, mm. it's like darker motivations than solo leveling, but, uh, but, but the art is really cool. The, the plot of it is, uh, is compelling, like a moment to moment. It's good. And, and again, the, the art is pretty spectacular in these Korean webtoons. Mm. Mm. And I, I should mention, solo leveling is based on an online on an online light novel, and I, I don't think um, second uh, ranker who lives a second time is. Uh huh. But the, the last one is maybe the most startling one because it, it's it's overgeared. Uh, it, yeah, overgeared's webtoon has only been around uh, several months, so there's a, probably only twenty chapters or so or so out in English. But its uh, its novel is legendary and over a thousand chapters long. It's yeah. It, <laughs> That's it, a lot. That's it's, so many. <laughs> it is. It is so many, and it, it, it's it's basically about just a guy playing an MMO. But uh, the MMO is 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 popular worldwide, and in the MMO he notices a uh, he notices a, a glitch or a uh, or a loophole that lets him get into a very advanced dungeon at a low level, and he finds okay. a, he finds an item that basically lets him change class to a super class, but then he gets murdered and ends up and ends up uh, at a negative level. But with the the perks of this super class, he oh, he basically. Uh, but the super class is uh, is legendary blacksmith. So he basically uses crafting to uh, t- to create an entire new life for himself in this MMO. Um, oh, that sounds rad. Yeah, it, it is fun, and it's again it, the art is very good. Uh, it's these chapters move quickly and are easy to digest. Uh, the one I'm probably most excited to read week to week is solo leveling. But uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're, it's, it's representative of a weird trend. And, uh, again, a lot of, a lot of them get, go pretty gross. Like, like uh, there's at least three that I've seen descriptions of are, that are definitely motivated by, uh, by you know, etchy or perversion. It's like, I'm, I'm right. going yeah. to become a king in, this, in another dimension and, and, and meet a lot of elf girls kind of manga. There's yeah. a lot I mean, of like them. You- you you've got the playful side of that, and then you've got like the kind of nastier side of that, and things like yeah. Shield Hero. Oh God, um, Shield Hero! You know, I was <laughs> I was unironically enjoying Shield Hero for a while, um, yeah. reading the manga of it, and it, but it started out as a as a light novel, and yeah. then someone described it to me as a uh, as as incel fantasy the the series, and that was a little too on the nose, so I stopped reading. Yeah, it, it kind of seems to be that. <laughs> it really uh, is, uh, and and like. A lot of this concept stuff in Shield Hero is kind of great, like how one hero is one chosen hero is ostracized by the others, and he mm. and and wins with cleverness rather than brute strength. Like that, like that 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 part of Shield Hero is fun, but then the weird revenge yeah. fantasy part of it, and the uh, and the, the more the more gross um, like male gaze parts of it are way less fun. And when I sort of realized where where it had, it had arrived at the point where I stopped reading, I just gave up on it. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's understandable. Um, I, I think it's interesting that you've mentioned like these three um, particular um, Korean manhwa that are um, 
uh, isekai based, uh, and, and seeing how like maybe like the trend has reversed. I'm thinking about how like maybe um, uh, 15 or 18 years ago, um, when like all of the Korean MMOs were all based on on manga series, like uh, oh, like Ragnarok oh, okay. and and Priest and. Um, there's a few others that I'm sure that I'm uh, completely forgetting about, but but Ragnarok and Maple, Priest, I Maple, remember in Maple particular. Maple Story might be involved. Yeah, I'm not sure if there was a Maple Story manga or oh, a manhwa. Okay. I, 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 I was just thinking. I, I, I was just thinking of popular Korean Korean developed MMOs. Yeah. <laughs> but um, a lot of them were based on um, popular Korean comics at the time. So like seeing um, seeing like now that like the reverse is happening, and now we've got. Um, um korean comics based on that medium i mean i i find that um i'm not sure if there's a correlation there but i find it interesting that that's how how it's going now i don't think it's a huge leap leap of logic to suggest that a generation of korean kids and teenagers playing these mmos became became writers or artists and then create series about the power fantasy of an mmo because, mm. because oh, that's we're... that's certainly what's going on with like the craze that's going on in anime and manga at the oh, moment. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm certain. And, and and you could probably also, even though this is several years ago, it began. Uh, series like uh, like Sword Art Online mm-hmm. are are that power fantasy, uh, for, uh, but written by someone who played MMOs and probably watched Dot Hack or played Dot Hack um, uh, ages earlier. So this is not exactly a new idea. Stuff like um, Fushigi Yugi or mm. El Hazard or like there was some 90s series that were just all about the, the you know, having to come to terms with being in another world. And it was always like a fantasy world. Um, oh, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean how, many, old. how many kids watched Inuyasha on Adult Swim 20 years ago? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Or like... <laughs> Rumiko Takahashi. There's, there's, there's the joke up, that yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the Wizard, Wizard of Oz is an isekai. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was looking up what the first isekai was. Uh, Could the, very well be Wizard of Oz. No, 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 they, uh, no they they got real weird. Um, they went they went. To, there was a, uh, a a a fantasy novel written in the 1700s that had all, okay. that had yeah. all the uh, all the patterns of an isekai, and it was written by a yeah. woman. Um, Interesting. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. I guess like Alice but, in Wonderland would be. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, the that went back way further than I thought. So it's it's been a popular idea for decades Ooh. or even centuries. But just I'm just noticing it being extremely present right now. When it's I look, very very popular at yeah. this point in time. Yeah. When I look at you know when I go to a manga website and look at what the the the, the fastest risers in among new series are, and but but those three um I can recommend those three. Uh, again, it's extremely male power fantasy because mm-hmm. the, the central characters are, are men, and they're all they're always just like demonstrating prowess nonstop. But uh, yeah, solo leveling, overgeared, and uh, and um, ranker who lives a second time are all pretty enjoyable in this okay. very in this very specific subgenre that I've that I've noticed be in, be more and more present around me, and and. I- there is a little male gaze in them, but they're a lot less gross than the 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 bottom of the barrel that I've that I've checked out in this genre. I I, I can deal with some male gaze. It's like when we get into some like really kind of mean spirited territory that mm-hmm. like I start to have a bit of a problem. But I mean, like I, you know, I I I can deal with with some playful um, <laughs> like erotic comedy. That's that's fine. I mean, that's that's what pretty much all the anime was in the '90s. Oh yeah. So um, the, yeah, the, the, there's plenty of examples we could cite. 
well, if you want an uh, a manga ref- uh, recommendation for me, oh, I would um, love one. I am I'm a little bit out of touch in terms of what's uh, cool and hip at the moment. I just have like a stable of um, a few artists um, who I follow and uh, and I pick up their series. Um, one thing that I've enjoyed over the course of the past year and a half has been the um, localization and release of Dead Dead Demons Dead 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 Destruction. Oh wow, uh, I, d- I don't know this one. Um... This is this is a series by Inio Asano. Uh, which is going on right now, uh, who is the um, author behind uh, Goodnight Pun Pun, which is oh. probably my probably my favorite manga of all time um, after I after I read it and finished it a couple of years ago. It was like one of the yes. one of the most heartfelt, incredible things I've ever read. Is Are you that, familiar with it? Oh, oh yeah, no, I, I know Goodnight Pun Pun well, but I have not heard of um, this art of this artist's follow up ma- manga. Okay, um, this is uh, this is the series that he started uh, after uh, Goodnight Pun Pun finished. It's ongoing now in Japan. Uh, and the first seven books are available in English. The eighth is coming in July, and that will bring us up to date with with what's been released in Japan so far. Um, and it's um, it's like kind of a slice of life that follows these two girls who are best friends, um, uh, uh, Oran and uh, Kadude, um, who they are um, just about to graduate from high school. Um, and they're living their life and slacking off from studies and getting interested in boys and playing games. But like what's happening in the background is that like three years before the manga starts, there is an alien invasion. Um, there was a, um, a, a spacecraft that has appeared above Tokyo and it has been looming there ever since. Uh, bits have fallen off the spacecraft when, like, the, the self-defense force have fired on it, uh, which has caused a bunch of casualties. So um, you have this existential threat going on in the background while, like, these, these girls are, are trying to live their lives. And, like, they've lost family members and friends because of it. Um, but they're, they're doing the best they can. Um, and, like, occasionally you will cut to what's going on with the aliens who are just, like, they don't want to be there. They don't know why they've been sent there and they've fallen off the ship and they don't know what to do. And then, you know, humans who they can't understand the language of are just coming up and gunning them down. Um, and um, from between book one and book seven, you've gone from like high school to college. Um, and um, with, this, with, the, with, them... this, with this looming, you know, alien visitor conflict happening with this looming threat and like at the end of uh, at the end of every couple of books it's like one year until the end of humankind six months until the end of humankind and it's like oh something horrible is going to happen but like everybody's just they're just all living their life and it's 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 quite sweet and relatable uh one of the main character uh oran her um older brother is like he was um, he was like a studly basketball player in high school, but since he finished school, he's become like um, like an obese slob who trolls people online and thinks that he's like doing justice just by harassing people. It's yeah. it's, it's it's great. That's it's, that's it's that's, really that's, that's a little on the nose, but I <laughs> I'm interested in reading this. You're gonna have to text me or or message me the name of this because I know. I know you. It has demon and a lot of D's in the title, but I, I, I it's, yeah. it's a little bit unusually written, so I, I probably need it on text to properly look it up. Yeah, yeah, I'll send it to you when we finish recording. Excellent. But, um, it's, um, it's, it, it's a joy. It's, um, uh, good night, Pun Pun made me feel a lot of feels, and this is also making me feel a lot of feels. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if there's a single artist who I follow that closely 
to want to read it, whatever they're making. You know, actually, I lied. It, it, um, Takehiko Inoue is my favorite manga artist, but he's been writing the same two series for 20 years, so I don't, I, I'm not even sure if there's something that you would merit having a, uh, him, him having a new series. Uh, he, he's the writer of Slam Dunk, Vamp, Vagabond, and Real. I had no idea that the creator of Slam Dunk was the same as the creator of Vagabond. Yep. He, <laughs> so that shows how much I know. He's done a couple <laughs> he's done a couple short series in addition, but everything he's ever written has been either about samurai or basketball, which is impressive. Wow. Um, uh, okay, yeah, 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 Real is a really breathtaking series about uh wheelchair basketball players. Um so uh, so it's a uh, Oh cool. Okay. Yeah, so, I yeah, have so, that off to check that out. Oh no, it's wonderful. It's it's teenagers struggling with disability and and uh, and rehab and also you know one of them trying to challenge the Japanese wheelchair basketball league, uh, and it's 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 a brilliant series. But uh, that yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah, Inoue writes only about basketball <laughs> and samurai, but is incredibly good at both of those things. And those are two subjects which I hold a, a particular interest in. Like unironically, I mean, people that follow me on social media are, are very aware of my basketball fandom, at least. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so that, that that's fun um I, I it's, it's where i get to have a, a manga discussion on a podcast is, is there uh any other game or or uh or visual medium that you're that you've been uh invested in over the over the social distancing oh gosh i mean i've got so much um in my backlog of uh of things to of things to sit down and properly consume like i've, mm-hmm. I've got the latest junji ito mangas oh okay uh, on my plate as well like Junji Ito will take you to a place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, um, I, I've read a bunch of his stuff. Uh, well, I've read most of his stuff, but um, I, um, I lent, um, like, I had the, the, I had the two Tomie books from the early 2000s, and then I had the third one that Biz put out, and then I lent that to a friend. I didn't get that back. So um, for Christmas, um, uh, my partner uh, kindly got me the Tomie collection, which has like every story that oh, has now wow. been bound in 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 hardback, which I'm very very fond of. Uh, that is cool. I've, if I've you only, don't know Tomie, I, I've she, only re- I've read selections of Tomie stories. Definitely, yeah. not, definitely not close to all of them because it's it's not like a series that uh, Ito wrote consistently. He would do like a, a like a like a mid-sized Toki, Tomie short story every. Oh, couple he'd return years. to it like every. Tw- yeah, he'd return to it over the course of like twenty years. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so Tomie, she is a schoolgirl who um, she is so alluring that uh, she drives men to fall in love with her so deeply that they want to kill her to uh, keep her uh, to themselves. Um, or, 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 yeah, or, or, or kill others, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or it's... that. There's, there's a particularly good chapter where there's like two Tomies who have come out of one Tomie who are convincing their thralls to to kill the other um yeah. but yeah so i've got i've got the hardback tomie there's some stuff in there i haven't read yet um i've also got his um adaptation of uh, no longer human the osamu dazai uh, novel of uh, of the early 20th century um which um i've had a brief flip through it and it looks like it is a very um a very faithful adaptation in a way that like it's perfectly suitable to his style but also is quite unexpected it's very uh it's a very down to earth and like existential horror as opposed to anything supernatural or or um any uh proper threats going on it's yeah, more of just like the threat of being alive i've only read a few ito shorts that weren't related to tomie and 
Tomie does enter the realm of of body horror and supernatural horror deeply because it's unclear. It's very fun. Yeah, it's it's unclear what Tomie is. Uh, like whenever like, anybody takes a photograph of her, that's amazing. Yeah, and and it's it, like she's. I would maybe describe her as kind of a succubus, but darker and weirder. I I, I should read more Ito. I've only read again a few of the stuff that uh, that a lot of manga fans would have would have heard of. But you read but, Uzumaki. Uh, yeah, that that that's the holes in the wall, right? Uh, no, Uzumaki is the um, three book um, uh, series about uh, spirals. Oh no, I have not read this. That's like his magnum opus. It's his sort of. Oh, I should. I'm, like, I'm sure I can of, find it too. Kind of Lovecraftian. It's it's all about it's it's all set in a single town, and it's got um, a single set of protagonists, and it's. Uh, people in the town become more and more obsessed with the shape of the spiral and the spiral itself just being a shape is um, ominous and a bunch of uh, curses and horrible things happen that are involved with spirals and it just gets worse and worse and worse with every chapter. It's very, very special. I, I should read that. I mean, I'm sure I'll be able to find it too. I mean, if it... it's, it's all been collected in a single book now. So yeah, yeah. I know that Japanese that Uzumaki is the Japanese word or a Japanese word for spiral. Thanks to Naruto. That's right. That, yeah. that little that little fish cake. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's it's the main character's surname, and his his eyes and eyebrows make spiral shapes. <laughs> you know that um uh, a character in One Piece, uh, Sanji, was uh, in before he was introduced in the in the manga, his working name was Naruto. Is that because of his eyebrows? Yes, exactly. I, I'm 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 a little bit of a One Piece newbie. I gotta admit, um, <laughs> I am the like... opposite of a One Piece newbie. I've been <laughs> I've been reading that in a dedicated manner since the early 2000s, uh, probably o three o four range. But uh, but yeah, uh, but um, Sanji was almost named Naruto because of his spiral eyebrows and because he's a cook. And uh, mm. Naruto's are the fish cakes and ramen. That's course. right. Yeah. But the uh, but they ended. The, Sanji goes through an an amazing character change. Uh, recently like only two or three years ago in the manga where you meet his uh, among other people his brothers ichiji niji and Yon- yonji that's that's really good i, I don't i don't funny. want i don't want to spoil everything about it but you go when they go into sanji's backstory it was one of the most exciting times for me in my decades of reading one piece i'll just okay. leave it there um, I am I am planning to get into One Piece, probably against my better judgment. Uh, like um... I would hesitate to watch the anime because it's so much anime, and the manga is just so much more digestible. I'm but, probably just going to read it, to be honest. Yeah, I, that's what I recommend. Uh, maybe don't. I maybe don't recommend buying 80 plus volumes of it as I have. Oh, no, cause, I'm, cause I'm, that's I'm waiting to get a tablet, and then I'm just <laughs> oh, going to get like oh, yeah. a, a Shonen Jump uh, subscription. Yes, that that that's um, the perfect way to do it. But yeah, like when it came out, I was kind of off of Shonen and I was like, I don't want something that's just going on and on and on. I want something that has like, you know, uh, 10, 10 books and it's over. I want something that has an endpoint. Um, so I wrote it off pretty early. Um, and then like maybe maybe like eight years ago that um, the the One Piece Dynasty Warriors game came out. Yep, and One, like, One Piece Pirate Warriors. I think they've Pirate, made, Pirate they've Warriors. Made, Pirate Warriors made, 4 has just come out, yeah, I think. I was about to say, I thought they, they've made at least three of them, so... <laughs> That, that yeah. sounds about right. But the the first one came out, and I was like, this looks so cool. I'd love to play a Dynasty Warriors game with this aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I played it, and I was like, oh, this is great. This is just uh, an, an absolute joy. Um, I played it all the, way, all the way through. I absolutely loved it. 
Um, and oh. uh, uh, one of my closest friends, he um, <laughs> it was like he made his New Year's resolution to get through One Piece. Um, wow. And like between January and March, he read every single chapter. Cause he, That's like, impressive. He's a, He's a stay-at-home dad, so um, so he was just able to do that. So he is he is my One Piece expert, and I'm sort of uh, referring to him on uh, on on uh, eventually getting into it. I I, uh, I had all of my manga collection in boxes until uh, a, a little over a year ago when I um, redid a room in my house and added that, which added a lot of shelf space, which was finally gave a home to. Uh, to a lot of my games and comics that uh, that were that were stuck in boxes, so mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of volumes of One Piece on full display even, but mm. it, it's um, and um, almost unlike you, when I started reading manga and shonen anime was probably when I was in the age, uh, fourteen to seventeen range where I had watched things like Yu Hakusho and Dragon Ball, but only was just discovering the world of manga and got into One Piece, Naruto, and Bleach almost at the same time. And, uh, okay. And, yeah. With, yeah. With One Piece being my favorite of the trio, uh, mm-hmm. uh, through throughout the throughout the whole run of them, so I'm a, again starting from the early 2000s. I've been a One Piece obsessive. It's I don't know if it's my favorite manga or not because I I like a lot of different manga for different reasons. But it's very special as far as mm. endless shonen goes, and it's almost the most endless shonen. I mean, the only series I know of with more chapters are uh, Conan and Hajime, and Hajime no Ippo, and that's about it. Yeah, uh, well, I don't think either of those are are running anymore, are no, they? No, they. Uh, Epo is. They? Yeah, it's it's in, okay. it's in it's in the eleven hundred plus plus chapters. Oh my um, god! Which, and I and I I was sick in college for a while, and I read like the first five hundred chapters of Epo when that happened. Yeah. And, and uh, my, the catch up to get up to eleven hundred plus was much slower. <laughs> so I didn't I didn't read it in, yeah. in two months like your like your friend did with One Piece. But I am I am caught up to Epo and read it and read them as the chapters come out. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Ipo, Ipo is in Mexico challenging world rankers in a temporary retirement right now. It's, it's exciting times. <laughs> but uh, not as exciting as when you meet uh, Sanji's family in One Piece. If, you, if you're curious, you can ask me off air. But uh, I, I, am, I am curious. That okay. sounds very fun. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but uh, like the, the first big sort of like endless thing that I was into for a while was, like I, I don't know, showing my age here. I was really into Urusa Yatsura. Oh, okay. I mean, that's uh, – I'm, I'm not mistaken. That is Rumiko Takahashi, right? It is, yeah. yeah, yeah that okay. was her first big one. That was her first. That's... Like she did a bunch of one shots before that. And that is that was like the is first that? Big thing. I haven't read it. Is that the one with Lum in it? That is. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, because no, yeah. she did. She did that one. Then she did the one that was Maison something about a, about people living Maison Ikoku. Yeah, people living in a house together. I was big into that. Yeah, as well. and then and, and I, then, I was uh... totally like not the target audience for that, but I was super into it when I was a kid. All it's all being re released again this oh, summer. Oh, really? So I would, I'm, I'm would, gonna pick be... it up. I would at least try the first couple chapters of that. And but then back to back to back she had Inuyasha, Rinne, and Mao, which all feel kind of like the same series. Because... Well before that she she had Ranma one half. Oh oh was, Ranma, um... oh of course I've read Ranma one half. I mean that Yeah, that, that was that was what got me into into Japanese yeah. um, comics and, and animation. That was I mean, maybe the first gender bender story I remember reading and and uh, made me very confused about the uh Japanese hot spring system. <laughs> I've not read all of Ranma one half, but I have read a lot of it. Yeah, I read most of it, and then like you know, I moved to the UK, and mm-hmm. um, you couldn't uh, back then. Viz didn't have it, uh, an international branch, so I, I stopped being able to right. keep up with it. Uh, so I haven't, um, I haven't seen 
like the like the back half of it. And like it's a shame that that hasn't been republished yet. But I mean, since they're like at the moment they're republishing um, Urusei Yatsura, and then this summer they're doing Maison Koku. So like I'm hoping that oh, wow. like, Rama so, will be more widely available to people. So it seems like a matter of time because Viz is very keen on owning as many manga rights as possible hmm. and and broadening its audience with things like the app. Takahashi has finally gained recognition in, in, in winning some award, some lifetime achievement awards. Yeah, she which, she, ha- she like, has to be on the list of most best-selling authors. Like, has oh to yeah. Be. Um, well, I, I, from what I understand, she's like one of the richest manga artists in Japan. I'm um, I'm, I'm unsurprised. She's had she's yeah. been her career has been almost forty years. She has a lot of iconic series, and I'm sure that that merch and back sales are strong for at least some of them. And yeah. I, I mean, she, and well, even even though I am deep into the manga scene, she's an art artist I can name immediately. So I'm not. Yeah, not yeah. That. She is. She was. She was a big one. And the most successful female manga artist of all time has to be either her or the Sailor Moon lady or the Full Metal Alchemist lady. I mean, th- th- that's who. Who is it besides them? Maybe Clam. Yeah, I think I think she might be the most successful, and then and then those those three are probably in. Uh, I'm not sure what order they would be in. I'm oh no, I'd, I'd, I'd have to look at numbers. But they, but they I... are all they are all absolute superstars, and I love them all. Oh yeah, I, I'm still. You know, the woman that wrote Sailor Moon married the uh, man who wrote Yu Yu Hakusho and Hunter Hunter. That's so, right. So yeah. I, I'm still holding out hope that they have children who write the ultimate magical girl juvenile delinquent manga. <laughs> like I only found out this week that like the creator of Beast- <laughs> the creator of Beastars is like the daughter of the guy who does Baki. What? Apparently so. Whoa. I hope that I'm not just lying. I don't okay, I don't love Baki. I think like 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 a lot of fighting manga get a little bit grotesque in things like musculature and I'll 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 let it I'll let it slide with things like Hokuto no Ken and uh and I and also things like like Kengan Asura and Kengan Omega which I think are just better written than Baki. But okay, th- that, <laughs> so. that connection is fascinating to me. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I think Beastars is about to have a population a popularity explosion with this anime. I think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's just dropped on Netflix here in the UK, so I'm sure it probably has in here in here the US too. Well. Yes, yeah. I, I think very recently, only maybe if only a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, uh, speaking of f- female artists. I'm really ooh. looking forward to that. Um, uh, okay, I'm a little skeptical, but I'm still looking forward to her seeing her heyday. There's a Doro Hidoro anime coming out this oh. year. Oh, you know Doro Hidoro? I okay, I've seen that title floating around before, but I have not read it. What, what's it about? Um, okay, it's uh, it's this artist named Q Hayashida, and um, this manga is about uh, it's a it's a guy who has been cursed with a with the head of a lizard, uh, and he is seeking out the sorcerer who has cursed him. Um, and he has enlisted the help of this lady who runs a cafe, um, <laughs> to, uh, to, to help him, uh, uh, find these, find these ne'er-do-wells who cursed him. And it's like in this sort of like fantastical take on Kowloon walled city, um, very, very highly detailed, uh, uh, beautiful, um, architecture porn and very mm. detailed characters. I'm not sure how well it will, uh, translate into an animated medium, um, but um, I'm, I'm happy to, to have more people having eyes on Q Hayashida. She's incredibly talented, um, and she did, um, in my opinion, um, the only good um, Shin Megami Tensei adjacent manga adaptation. She did the Makin X. Uh, oh, okay. Adaptation. 
I, I read the manga adaptation of Persona 1 because I wanted to d- digest the Persona 1 story in a way other than playing the game. But other... That's cool. <laughs> I haven't read that myself. It, it's, it's all right. It's at least functional. Uh, I haven't followed really any of the other uh, Shin Megami Tensei adapt- uh, adaptations other than video games. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair enough. Like, I, I, it's not really a series that's known for its adaptations, and even like the source material that the games were based on, like mm. those, those light novels that came out in the '80s, they're pretty bad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that's that's a little too bad. But oh man, we've already been going almost an hour. Uh, mm, we have, you know, but we have t- touched upon a couple things: um, streaming services, uh, samurai, Japanese creators. Uh, I have something I want to ask you. I recently have acquired access to a um, a subscription that I'm really interested in, uh, a full Criterion Collection subscription. Oh, wow. Because okay. my, uh, my my sister works for an entertainment magazine, and they got her a password to, to use it, and she's sharing it with me. Hopefully this doesn't incriminate her. But basically I – I went from having a, a significant interest in a lot of Criterion stuff to having all of it at my fingertips suddenly. So yeah. I, so I, I want to ask you as someone, because I know you enjoy uh, uh, Japanese film uh, as, mu- as much as I do, if not more. Uh, if someone were to want to get into the career of Akira Kurosawa, the probably most celebrated Japanese filmmaker of all time, unless you're a big Ozu fan, what is either your favorite Kurosawa movie or one you would recommend to a first-timer? Because I've, I've, I've watched several, but definitely not his whole oeuvre, and almost his whole oeuvre is on the Criterion Collection for streaming. So I would, I would, okay. lo- I would love a Kurosawa uh, recommendation if you have one for me. I do actually have one for you, and Ooh. I'm, I'm, I'm right. incredibly glad you asked this of me. Okay, so most people will recommend his samurai films. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, that, that is most of what I've seen of his. Absolutely correct to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, Seven Samurai, Rashomon, incredible pieces of filmmaking. Um, are you familiar with Stray Dog? Okay. I am familiar with Stray Dog. I have not seen it. I know it is a, a noir-adjacent film that has uh, Mifune and, uh, oh shoot, and the other character, main character from Seven Samurai, the, the, uh, the man from Ikiru. Uh, but, but, they're de- but they're police detectives, right? That's right. Yeah, I am. I'm a very big champion of film noir. There is a there's a serial killer running about uh, in the Tokyo underworld. Uh, Mifune has uh, lost his gun and he is um, on the trail of who has it and uh, who is uh, doing some dirty business with it. Um, Some his gun has been used. It has been traced to him and he needs to figure out what's going on. Um, it is, it's a joy. It's a, it's definitely a break from Kurosawa's, uh, usual oeuvre, uh, but it is incredibly solid, uh, film noir and, uh, kind of just like just on the cusp of when that was going out of fashion. And it's a very fashionable one. Uh, oh, that, that. sounds, that sounds perfect. I, 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 I love Kurosawa's movies. Um, Mifune is of course, maybe obviously my, my favorite actor within the stable of actors he used. The oh, most. he's legendary. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, and listeners, if you're unfamiliar with Kurosawa or Mifune, imagine Mitsurugi from Soul Calibur and you have Toshiro Mifune's face already. <laughs> um, like, I, I, I love the movies you mentioned, plus uh, Red Beard, uh, Yojimbo, Sanjuro, to, to a point where Toshiro Mifune is one of my favorite actors and Kurosawa is one of my favorite directors. But I have not seen Stray Dog. I have only seen, let's say, uh, uh, early results from a Google image search of it. 
So that that is okay. that that, that, yeah. that is a perfect choice. And the, I mean, I I I don't I I can't say I have the strongest connection to noir. I have seen a number of noir of a uh, film noir and like a lot of them. But just from your description, I'm already sold. I, I might watch that this weekend. Okay, very cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, enjoy. Um, on that note, I will also recommend uh, the back catalog of uh, Seijun Suzuki. Um, Ooh, if okay. you have access to it, some of those might be in the Criterion Collection. I'm not sure. Maybe it's um, there. That that uh, the stuff on that service is incredible. They don't have like every single film that's that Criterion releases on DVD in that yeah. uh, in in that uh, digital over. Like um, Wes Anderson releases all of his movies like in special editions via criterion it's often the only way to get a physical copy of them but mm. um but i think only a couple wes anderson films are in the collection because i i was interested in maybe watching grand budapest hotel again and couldn't find it but uh but they have a lot of the foreign films that criterion releases in this uh digital oh, nice. service including maybe not every kurosawa but a whole bunch of them and uh and yes watching stray dog is something that i would very much like to do absolutely um, there's there's two additional films I will recommend uh, as well. I'm not sure if they're on Criterion. One one or two of them might be. I'm not entirely sure. But um, Suzuki's films, uh, in particular, Branded to Kill and Tokyo Drifter, which are two very over-the-top um, kind of like half-satires of a mix of Yakuza film and the noir film uh, about uh, uh, about assassins. Uh, Branded to Kill is the more uh, absurd film of the two, uh, mm-hmm. which has a uh, an, an assassin who is um, aroused by sniffing um, uh, sniffing freshly cooked rice, uh, and that huh? is what motivates him to to carry out his hits. Um, and Tokyo Drifter is this sort of satire of masculinity, where this um, this this uh, hitman, he's trying to get out of the game, and he's trying to be as inconspicuous as possible. But like he's, there's scenes of him just like walking through the snow in like a an electric blue suit, wearing sunglasses, and like why is everybody wow. bothering me? I thought I was out, and you know it's it's they are they are both very very striking films. I thought I was out with the heat dragging me back in. Isn't that, isn't <laughs> yeah. isn't that the plot to at least a couple of the Yakuza games? I think so, yeah, and, and and looking as absolutely ridiculous as some of the Yakuza characters do. And um, another, <laughs> speaking of crime, Japanese crime films, going and going back to Kurosawa a little bit, uh, I, I have another one of them that I have not seen, but I'm aware exists is uh, is a Kurosawa film noir called The Bad Sleep Well, and I think that is just one of the coolest titles in English I've ever heard. That is a good name. I haven't. I have actually never heard of that one. I so, I, I uh, know it's another Kurosawa noir, but other other than that, I don't. I don't I'm not even sure who's in it. Although uh, I'm I'm sure at least one of Shimura and or Mifune is because those are the two actors he's most famous for working with. But yeah, the bad sleep well. What a cool title. That's a very good name. That's, that's a great. <laughs> that's a great name. I, I love a great name. If if I can be instantly invested in something from its title, then I I'm already deeply impressed. That will that will be my next answer the next time somebody asks me how I sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> it's like before I even knew what the movie was about, I knew I wanted to see Big Trouble in Little China the first time I ever heard of it. That, that, that's probably and that's, and that's probably my favorite John Carpenter movie. 
<laughs> that is definitely one of my favorite John Carpenter movies. My my little bit of shameful weebdom is bef- the before I saw or even heard of Big Trouble in Little China, I saw Big Trouble in Necron Lawn China, the Ranma one half movie. That is amazing. And, uh, and before, my parents told me what that that title was a reference to. Before I saw Big Trouble in Little China, I saw the film adaptation of Big Trouble, which is a uh, comedy movie based on a novel by a uh, by Dave Barry. Yeah, it's a no- it's a movie based on a Dave Barry novel in which uh uh oh, why can't I think of his name? Um the guy from Home Improvement plays a uh, pl- plays Tim a str- Allen. Yeah, yeah, Tim Allen plays a struggling writer. And it's okay. it's one of the, it's one of the most confusing casts of characters you've ever seen. I think Dennis Farina, Ben Foster, Janine Garofalo, Rene Russo, Stanley Tucci, and Martha Stewart and um, Sofia Vergara. Stan- Stanley Tucci still getting work in 2002. That's yeah. nice. Martha and, uh, Stewart about to go to jail. And this is <laughs> and this is Sofia Vergara about a decade before she was in Modern Family when she was uh, probably uh, in her mid 20s. So it was the, definitely that's, the first thing I saw her in. That's a complicated cast. Yeah, very complicated cl- cast. And so I went, when I when I heard of this cult film Big Trouble in Little China, I, the first thing I thought of was Big Trouble, and that was embarrassing of me to do so i'm not i'm not sure i'm not sure which of us has the more embarrassing first connection to big trouble in little china to be honest well you know we went looking for big trouble in little china and what we found was nothing but trouble oh yeah Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> yeah oh god i've heard that's awful but i haven't but i've uh, i have not seen it it's pretty spectacular yeah bad. yeah the the uh the bad movie podcast how did this get made had did an episode on it oh did they uh, yeah nice. <laughs> but i but i have not seen that one Okay, maybe it's time to end the episode if we're trying to think of as many movies as possible with the words <laughs> Big Trouble in the title. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much for joining me, Rob. It was great reconnecting with you and talking with you about, oh boy, Japanese movies and manga and the Trails slash Kiseki series. We will have to do it again sometime soon. Yes, so I would. I, I've forgotten how much I've enjoyed podcasting with you. So. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I just love talking to people about shared experiences, which is why podcasting became a very, very easy medium for me to enjoy. And I am not, hmm. I do not object at all to having a future episode called uh, Rob Fenner Returns or similar, <laughs> or perhaps Rob Fenner Rises, Rob Fenner well, Forever. <laughs> We'll do something like also like if I ever get whatever I'm trying to do off the ground, um, you will absolutely, absolutely be on my show. But uh, it's I don't even know what you're talking about, and I'm already flattered. (laughs) It's been a while since I've done a regular podcast. I really miss doing it. But um, but yeah, as I said, thank you so much for having me on. It's been a real pleasure. Fantastic, Rob. And listeners, thank you so much for uh, joining us on this journey through a, a variety of topics I did not totally expect. But please, stay at home if you can. Take care of yourselves. But call your friends and see how they're doing. Goodbye. <laughs>